The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining the show today. First, let's start with the announcements. Um seems like there's just one private investigator conference right after the other. And coming is the next um, next one is the National Council of Investigative and Security Services in Las Vegas, September 20th to the 22nd. Go to www.ncisss.org. Also, the California Association of Licensed Investigators is holding its one-day seminar for newly licensed investigators called NLITE, N-L-I-T-E, September 26th. On that one, you go to www.cali-pi.org. And the Council of International Investigators Annual Conference will be in Delhi, India, October 20th to the 25th. That one is www.cii2.org. Okay, now we're going to talk about business. So I'm delighted to introduce you to a man that I'm happy to call my friend, internationally known private investigator, Stephen Rombaum. Hi, Steve. Hi, Francie. How are you? You just mentioned three organizations in a row that I'm involved with. <laughs> I, know, I know, and we all are, as a matter of fact. Well, I just I just rejoined Cali after about a 15 year absence, so uh, yeah, you know. Oh, good. Okay. But cool. NCISS, I recommend to everyone if there's if there's one organization that every PI should belong to, it's NCISS. You know, I always say you need to if you're in the United States, you need to belong to your state organization. And then NCISS because uh, you Absolutely. need to work on legislation at both fronts. So, yeah. Well, and you have to and you have to be aware of the new laws and the changing environment. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, shan- the 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 sand is shifting under uh, under PI's feet every day, and it's impossible to to keep track of it by yourself. You've got to belong to NCISS. There's, there is, there's nothing. Yeah. Like it. There's 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 a bunch of imitators out there, but uh, you know they've been around what twenty five years. Oh, more than that. Yeah, more than okay. that. Um, I don't know how many years, but it's a lot. <laughs> more than twenty five, though, because uh, I think I've been involved in it almost twenty five. Yeah, I hate to right, admit. Right. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, but yeah, I mean, there is no way one person can keep up with legislation. Uh, really, it changes every single day. It's it's just really amazing. Yeah, it is. And and it's a nightmare, and there's always people sniping at PIs. Uh, you've got to have somebody <laughs> out there to watch your back. I agree with you. Yeah. 
Uh, so most of us who are private investigators in the United States and across the world know Steve Rombaum. And so before we get started, um, I, I want you, Steve, I want you to tell about the projects you're involved in. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I'll tell you about the two big ones. Um, the first is Nowhere to Hide, which is a TV show. It's on every Thursday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central, on uh, Investigation Discovery. There's a new episode tonight. Actually, we're, we're wrapping up the season with this episode and two more. They're going to be, and this is really true, they're going to be progressively better and better until the... Uh, the season finale, the season finale, you're going to see something you've never seen a private investigator do, which is, which is confront and arrest and convict a uh, Nazi war criminal. Uh, that's Terrific. the season finale. Um, okay. Took us about a year to pull together a bunch of old videos, but uh, that's going to be terrific. Uh, tonight, we... Uh, chased down an old Funkadelic guy, famous guy, by the name of Blinky Bostic. We had to locate him so his daughter wouldn't be deported from the U.S. Two involved a story to, to tell on the radio. It would fill right. up your whole show, but it's going to, be a, uh, going to be a very exciting episode tonight. I mean, that's, we're finishing the second season. Don't know if there's going to be a third season. Um, I'm sure I can, I can have one if I want it. But it's uh, it's uh, incredibly time consuming. But I, I, I think I hope the show's been uh, been good for the investigative community. It absolutely um, has. And with a name like Binky Bo- Blinky Boswick, it's got to be a good show. <laughs> Blinky Boswick, remarkable guy, six foot four, conga player, very dynamic personality. <laughs> You probably heard of the group he was part of. Remember Cain and Abel, the old Funkadelic band? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, he was, he was the conga player. Oh, wow. Um, and the other project I'm working on, which, which uh, I'm about as excited as I've ever been in my professional career, is, uh, is a combined association and educational uh, effort. Uh, there's a... a New organization called Fraternal Order of Investigators. Uh, There's a uh, publisher that's gotten involved, Pro Bono Press, uh, putting out something called the Investigation and Intelligence Library. Um, I I will give you, I I guess, on radio they call it a scoop. Okay. Uh, This is this is going to break. This is going to break next week. Uh, I've been talking to a guy at the Honolulu Advertiser of all papers. Um, completely by accident, when I was writing an article on, on primary sources, the importance of primary sources, and I think you'll like the article, it's a pretty funny article, but one of the things that I was looking at was the old Charlie Chan books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, the, the Charlie Chan books are not like the buffoon that you see in the movies. I mean, they, they, were, they were incredible, groundbreaking mysteries and nobody has ever been able to find out where the name charlie chan came from they know who the character was loosely based on nobody's been able to find it and dozens and dozens of of uh journalists and biographers of of the writer and you know a million strong fan base have tried to 
tried to research it, and they've never been able to find it. And we actually broke that. We, we, we found some, some documents that were right there for anybody to find if they had been investigators. And we're now Amazing. using that as one of the case studies for the article. So we, we, found out, uh, we found out where the name Charlie Chan came from, and uh, apparently this is a big deal in Honolulu. So it's oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thanks. Now, how do, how do people find out about this, and um, where do they go? Well, the TV show, uh, every Thursday night, including tonight, uh, they can go to the Investigation Discovery website, for the, for the association, which I think every investigator is going to be interested in, uh, they can go to fraternalinvestigators.org, fraternalinvestigators.org, and uh, there will be a link to the Pro Bono Press website. Uh, that's a new website. It's actually probonopress.com, but it's not, it's not particularly operational yet. And are you going to be doing some advertisement on this, or how how is it going, the word going to get out? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we'll we'll probably advertise on you. We're we're going to definitely advertise in in uh, in PI Magazine. In fact, uh, Jimmy Mises, the owner of PI Magazine, has agreed to be on the board of oh, cool. uh, of FOI. Um, in fact, if you looked at the preliminary roster of members and board members. And advisory people, uh, you would be uh, you'd be stunned. I mean, this is the the A list of investigators, and a lot That's of them great. are doing it. You know, they're taking my word for it that this is going to be a uh, a good organization. But a lot of people are are as excited as I am about it. And I've started uh, I've started going out on the PI speaking circuit again. Uh, I will be actually in two weeks at the Alabama conference. Two weeks after that, I will be with your good friend and NCISS member, uh, Dean Beers in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just came back from the WAD conference, which, you know, uh, it was, it was such a great conference. I really, uh, I really regret having missed so many. That is amazing. And that was their 90th anniversary, so that was just absolutely amazing. Right. I wish I could have gone. That's right, it was. Yeah, yeah. It I was. really there wanted to go. There were people there from, I think, 25 countries. That's amazing. That's really amazing. Yeah, no, so, mean, so you're going to get out I there would, and you're going to tell everybody about it, and it, this is very exciting, Steve. Um, I'm so happy you're doing this. Education is so primary to this or to this profession, and well, what we we're trying to do is we're, we're we're trying to we're trying to do a two-track education program. The first is going to be for investigators, but it's going to be realistic education. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but there are some conferences that you go to your state conference and they just keep recycling the same speakers. Uh, you know, if you've gone to three conferences, you've seen every speaker. After three years, they start bringing the people from the first year back. Uh, this is going to be something different. We have a, uh, uh, a course that we're doing on, on forensic psychiatry for investigations. We're doing a full morning DNA for investigators. You know, I, I personally have used DNA many times, not just for paternity cases, but, but 
everything from an extortion case to a robbery. DNA is an incredible technology, and most most investigators don't use it, don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be setting up boot camps for private investigators, new private investigators who who don't understand their state laws, don't understand national regulation. Most PIs aren't familiar with the FCRA or the DPPA. They know it, or the GLB especially. Uh, <laughs> they don't even know what those initials stand for, a lot of, a lot of the new ones. And, and I know there's people listening who say, what? What are, what are those words? <laughs> anybody who, anybody who's saying what and is a private <laughs> investigator is really at risk, and they, yeah. need to, and they need to come to one of the seminars. The boot camp seminars we're going to be giving for free, and we're going to be doing that all over the country. Um, you know, and every state has these, has these ridiculously obscure laws, like in, like in New York, uh, uh, you can't work on a contingency basis. Hmm. But I would bet a third or a half of private investigators in New York don't know that. And because they're good guys, an indigent client will come to them and say, I've been ripped off for $100,000. If you get it back, I'll give you a piece of the action. And the PI says, yes. And as soon as he says yes, he's subject to losing his license. Okay, there's a difference in working on a contingency and deferring your fee, though. Well, you can't work the actual law. In New- You're absolutely correct, but the law in New York says you cannot work on a contingency or bonus basis. Right, on a boat, yeah, for sure. Well, it, yeah. and I think that's true in many places because you, you well, could... Well, New York, uh, New Jersey, for sure. I don't know about California, but... You know, every state has laws that that the private investigator needs to know, and on the national level, uh, it's it's ferocious. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, so we're going we're to have boot camps. That's uh, great. We are doing we are doing a full day of of, uh, and this is something I'd really like to talk to you about a little bit. We're doing a full day on on hardcore computer aided investigation. Um, not a basic level, a level for, for investigators who are already subscribing to all the various databases but don't know everything else that's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, Google only finds between, depending on who you ask, 1% and 5% of the Internet. Yeah, There's right. another 95% of the Internet that PIs need to be able to access, and we show them sites, search strategies, we show them facial recognition. Uh, uh, it, it's, 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 it's an amazing course. But there's a two-hour component of it that nobody else gives called digital officer safety. And I've been teaching this, a longer version, to a number of federal agencies and police departments. Um, detectives and agents and investigators are today being targeted uh, through the internet, like never before, uh, using what what the hacker community calls Google Foo, going out and using open source and using really clever search strategies to essentially do what you and I do, which is background the person, determine their family connections, determine their business connections, and then they turn around and use this information to harass and terrorize the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there are words for this now. For example, there's something called doxing, D-O-X-I-N-G, 
Uh, it's a bastardization of the word docs, D-O-C-S, documents. Right. Uh, where people are going out and hackers and, 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 and I should say malicious hackers are going out and gathering information on law enforcement and investigators and using it to harass the family and harass their kids and wives. Um, Steve, hang on, hang on to that. Let's get into that a little bit more because we need to take a break. Uh, so, and I want to hear more about this. More to come from private investigator Steve Rombaum. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call one 800 350 C-A-L-I. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. If you just joined the show, Private Investigator... Stephen Rombaugh is talking about the sinister side of the internet, and he's just talking about doxing. How does this work, Steve? A knowledgeable computer hacker, and I don't like to use the word hacker because for me it's a positive word, so I'll say malicious hacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, a malicious hacker will go on the internet, go on public records, will gather as much information as possible about a target. And the target is usually a law enforcement officer, a federal agent, a police officer, a private investigator. And they will use that information to target the investigator, target his family, target his kids. Uh, Very often there was a case about six weeks ago where a a bomb threat was called into into a school in the name of, a, of, of an investigator's uh, son. And the cops came and grabbed the kid, and obviously they released him when they heard the, uh, the recording of the bomb threat and heard that it was an adult. 
mm-hmm. uh, or an older person at any rate, um, these, these technologies are now being turned against the good guys, uh, doxing, dorking, uh, the extreme uh, version of this is something called swatting. Anybody out there, go ahead and Google swatting like a SWAT team, S-W-A-T-I-N-G, mm-hmm. and you will be stunned. What they do is they take caller ID spoofing or call from a blocked number, and typically it'll be, it'll be a kid or it'll be a female, you know, a young hacker or a female will call and say, there's, there's a burglar in the house. I'm hiding in the closet. Come quick. He has a gun. He's getting close. He's upstairs. And we'll give the target's address. And the police will, God bless them, do their job. Do their job. And they will respond hard. Uh, occasionally, they respond with a SWAT team. If there's one for, for immediate call-out, and the family will be in the house, in bed, or, or at the dinner table, or watching TV, and the doors will fly open, and people will run in with with uh, with heavy weapons, and and it's it's a terrible, terrible uh, experience for a family. So far, I don't believe anyone's been killed, but that's yeah. inevitable. I mean, if somebody well, comes for you know through my door, I'm obviously right. going to reach for a firearm exactly. instinctively, and that person, I think, quite correctly would shoot me. Well, after you told me about that, Steve, I found an article. Uh, about a guy named uh, Brian Krebs, who's a cybersecurity. Yeah, I know. Bri- I know Brian pretty well, actually. Yeah. Okay. And it said in this article that unknown hackers called nine one one using a fake telephone number that matched his Krebs what? mobile, and the caller claimed to be Krebs, and said that Russian thieves had broken into his home and shot his wife. So a SWAT right. team came to his home. And he opened the door to, you know, a whole bunch of police, and probably in SWAT gear, pointing their guns well, at him. I, 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 will, I will say, if anybody deserves that, it may be Krebs. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he, no, no, no. He's kind of, he's kind of a, a, a pain in the tuchus. But uh, um, he, uh, yeah, he was one of the victims. But police officers have been uh, victims of it, repeatedly targeted, have been computer security experts. Who uh, who are apparently annoying these malicious hackers by preventing them from from doing not nice things in cyberspace? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a horrendous problem, and when we do this hardcore computer aided investigation course, which you know, Francie, I'd like you to come. You can come for free. I want you to see this thing. Uh, it it is like nothing that has ever been offered to the investigative community. I'm giving it to to law enforcement on a regular basis now, and I have to tell you, they're keeping me hopping. Because even, even in, the, in the law enforcement community, there's nothing like this. And two hours of it is going to be digital officer safety. Um, I'm sure you know Brian Ingram and Kevin Ripp. I think Kevin's, Kevin's been on your show, right? Kevin was on um, a couple weeks ago, yep. Oh, okay. Well, yep. <laughs> I, my excuse for not knowing that was I was overseas. <laughs> But uh, but uh, I will download the podcast. Um, both and when, of them. When are, is this going to be, Steve? Uh, it's going to be on multiple dates. We're going to do we're going to do one in New York and one in Texas for sure, because that's where I have my offices. Uh, and we are going to come out to California at some point. I just 
made a point of rejoining Cali and, uh, you know, one of the largest concentrations of, of private investigators is in California, especially, yeah. especially Southern California. I know you're in Northern California. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. We have about 10,000 uh, private investigators in California. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I don't think there's more, I think there's only 30,000 in the whole country, right? I think there's more than that, but, but yeah. I well, think, I'm talking uh, about ones licenses, not, not the ones at, at bars who say, yeah, baby, I'm a private investigator. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you have, you have in California a quarter or a third of all PIs. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, it must be a very, very tough environment. I'm glad. I'm glad that's not my home base. That's that's some ferocious competition. You know what, but, Steve? When you do a good, if you do a good job, there's always business. It really. It, oh, it, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Cream rises to the top, and I have to tell you, when I give when I give these when I give these PI courses, I tell people look around the room. Half of you will not be PIs within two years, mm-hmm. and that's true. That's true. In Texas, the failure rate is even higher. Really? Uh, some, no. some years, some years, a third to a half of the investigators in uh, in Texas do not renew their licenses, or or for some reason their license lapses or suspended. They haven't done their their CES or they forgot to renew their insurance or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it you know I, I will tell you that that the people that have been around as long as you have and as long as I have. Uh, the truth is, we all know each other. Right. We all That's know right. each other. We've all worked together at least once. There may be twenty or thirty or fifty thousand investigators in the U.S., but the truth is, and 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 I don't want to sound like an elitist, but this is probably the same in every profession: uh, lawyers, doctors, what have you. The top, the top a thousand, the top one thousand investigators. Um, everybody knows each other, and everybody knows competence, reputation. Uh, it really does work that way. You're right. Yeah, it does, um, and that just means that we're old people. <laughs> but, uh, but oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> too, I was trying to not mention that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. You and I have both been around for a while. Yeah. And uh and 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 uh it it's astounding to me. I mean speaking about the internet, it's astounding to me seeing some people go on the internet and and behave in a way that really makes me scratch my head. Mm-hmm. Because everything in this business is reputation. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know who the good guys are. Yeah, and you know, people think they can get behind a keyboard and they're anonymous, but it doesn't work that way. Well, that's such a, uh, you know, the whole keyboard issue, the whole internet issue has so dramatically impacted our profession. Um, You know, I, 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 I tell everyone that there are three stages of investigators. You've got the old guys who were and are remarkable field operators they can find anyone. They can knock on any door and get the person to talk to them and reveal anything that they need for a case. Then you've got the brand new guys mm-hmm. who are database cowboys. 
right. he, a, a surprising number of these of these folks. If if uh, you know if they can't find somebody in a database, they have a problem. Yeah. If it's not online, they have a problem. And then you've got the people who are in the sweet spot. They're people who started out in the old days when if you wanted to reverse a phone number, you either had to have a contact at the phone company or you did what I think you and I and everybody else did, which is trudge down to the library and look in the Coles or the Haynes or the Poke. And, mm-hmm. you know, these, these are terms that... <laughs> Don't even exist any longer. Aren't going to know. Yeah. The old, the old crisscross and reverse directories. Yeah. Um, the people in the sweet spot are the people who started in that era when you really, really had to know how to go out and hit the bricks, and who successfully transitioned uh, to the cyberspace era. Yeah, you're so. That's so true, Steve. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think that because uh, it, it does take both, both types of skills. It always surprises me when people don't get out and hit the streets. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really amazing. Um, look, the 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 internet, databases, cyberspace, OSINT, all of that. I mean, these are for, force multipliers for, for private investigators. It helps that before I go out to interview a witness, I can, I can find out, are they a dangerous individual? Uh, what are their politics so I don't accidentally say the wrong thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's a button that I can push to maybe get them to talk to me? Right. Uh, but, then I, but then I have to actually go out, find them, knock on their door. And it's that second step that seems to stymie a lot of people. Well, the second step is the hardest. <laughs> you um, know. It's, also, it's also the most critical. I mean, Absolutely. you can't send a robot to take a witness interview. Yeah. I've seen that day. That day is, is probably not far along. There's, a, uh, there's a, uh, uh, an app that I played with about a year ago. Uh, where you can uh, post via this app to get people to go do something for you. You know, they bid for it. Like, pick me up Chinese food, I'll pay $10. Uh-huh. That sort of So I actually tried it. I wanted pictures of a, of a hotel lobby. And I said, go take pictures of X hotel, <laughs> complete, comprehensive, 360-degree uh, pictures, parentheses, I'm an investigator, I need this for a case, uh, I'll pay $50, which, uh-huh. as you know, is painfully, ridiculously cheap. Right. And, and I had people bidding it down. I got it done for 30 bucks. But you got it done well? No, I didn't get it done well. Okay, I had all right. I do it myself. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the, there's a difference between done and done well, as you and I both right. know. I did, I, did get, I did get it done, though. I mean, I was experimenting because, because whenever I give these talks, I say, look, at a certain point, you're going to have to get up from your keyboard and you're going to have to go out, look a witness in the eye, knock on a door, survey a crime scene, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I actually had one of these new investigators tell me, uh, no, I didn't go down to the scene. I went on Street View. You can drag the camera around and see everything. It's not the same. I said, well, 
you know, it's an assault at two o'clock in the morning. Did you <laughs> go there at two o'clock in the morning on a, on a, on a Saturday and see who's there at that hour, who right. the potential witnesses are? Yep. And, and, and a light bulb went off over this, over, over this, this woman's head. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting situation these days. And that's why, and that's why the associations that are established to deal with this, especially NCISS, I hope FOI will be one of those. That's why they're so important. That's why the education programs are so important. You really, you really need, you know, to, to paraphrase Donald Rumsfeld, you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. It's really true. I mean, and I mean, and we've been talking about how long we've been in the business, but we learn new things every day. I, I, I certainly do. I certainly do. Uh, you know, I was playing with a facial recognition program about six months ago that was so remarkable so remarkable that I used it that day to bust two frauds. Wow, that's great. Yeah, and 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 this is this is the new this is the new era. Um, you know, I was at the WAD conference. I met this remarkable guy who is going to be who is going to be one of our one of our speakers. He's a forensic psychologist for the Ontario Provincial Police. He he sat with me. I mean, we had more than a few beers, and and he was explaining to me how the OPP, quite intelligently, I think, um, uses forensic psychiatrists to prepare an approach to somebody that they want to flip and make a witness or make an informant. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to tell you, this is something that we don't do in the United States. Yeah. Um, you know, and and it and it's just good sense to prepare for an approach, to prepare for that first meeting. I mean, sometimes you only get a first meeting, and either it goes well or it doesn't. Every, every good private investigator knows, make it work the first time, you may not get a second time. That's right. That's and right. These, and these, and these, uh, these law enforcement agencies that work with this doctor, and by the way, he's a serial killer expert, a genuine serial killer expert, um, Remarkable guy, really remarkable guy. Um, it, you know, it never occurred to me because I'm from the U.S. and I use the U.S. mindset, which is, you know, this is how you prepare your approach. It never occurred to me how intelligent it would be to use a forensic psychiatrist to, to determine you know, what approach is going to antagonize this person? What approach is going to make this person more receptive to your pitch? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 went to a, I went to a class a year ago where, where this person, amazing, amazing class that we're going to, I hope, make available. So far, uh, she hasn't agreed to, to do any more classes. But how to do a telephone interview. Mm. And as ridiculous as it sounds, I mean, I'm sure everybody listening goes, well, what are you talking about? I know how to do a telephone interview. No. There are approaches and little silly things that you can do that maximize whether the person on the other end is going to go click. Right. You know, and hang That's up right. on you. That's absolutely right. I, I mean, the people, the people who, who are good at telephone interviews, the phone skip tracers, people like that, 
I mean, in my opinion, they're magicians. And and this woman was giving some of the tips. I'll give you one, which which I thought was a joke. I laughed, and I've actually tried it myself, and it works. When the person says hello, if you say hello exactly the same way, unless you can't because it sounds like you're you're mimicking them, um, you 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 have a much better bond starting out. If the person says hello, and you go hello. Just like they did. It's like mirror. It's like mirroring. That's like mirroring in person. I'm sorry. It's, it would be like mirroring their their. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, Interesting. You know, th- this person <laughs> I doing telephone interviews for for thirty years, and and this person, uh, you know, last year gave this gave this two hour seminar with. A bunch of stuff. Some of it I thought was just, you know, ridiculous. It all works. Steve, we have to take another break. Uh, time goes so fast. More to come from private investigator Steve Rombaum. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. Cali's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact Cali at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. With us is New York private investigator Stephen Rombaum. And Steve, you you wanted to say something about uh, professional investigators. You know, it, it it's, it's incredibly unfortunate that... Uh, You've had this image of private investigators for the past 60, 70, 80 years that's perpetuated by, unfortunately, a bunch of terrible TV shows Mm -hmm. that we are a bunch of people with 
inflexible morals, uh, don't adhere to the law. You know, essentially, we're a bunch of knuckle-dragging keyhole peepers. <laughs> right. And uh, I have to tell you, nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah. Uh, you know it, but most of your listeners probably don't. This is a real profession now, on a par with, with any other profession, uh, 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 accountancy, uh, medical profession, law. Uh, you have a very, very high bar to climb to become a private investigator. You've got to have three years of, of experience as an de- actual detective, 6,000 hours in California, right? That's right. That's right. You have to submit notarized character affidavits, which everybody has a problem with. Um, you know, very hard to find five people who are going to swear under oath you're a good guy. I mean, that yeah. applies to everybody in the world. Right. Uh, you, have to, you have to know the law. You're tested on the law. You have to submit all sorts of other documents and credentials just to, just to get that license to hang on the wall. Uh, and you also have to very, have... Very, huh? You also have to have your fingerprints run through the FBI well, in the local correct. DOJ. Correct. Yeah. You have to... You have, to, you have to have an absolutely clean criminal record. If you're in a place like Texas, which is one of the places where I'm licensed and have, have an office, I have to carry literally seven licenses with me when I work. Hmm. I have a PI license and a CSO license and a PPO license and a firearms license. And then if you want to serve process, that's a separate license. Everything that you do, you have to be screened and cleared and credentialed, um, most most of the better, all of the better these days, private investigators obtain additional designations, uh, you know, credentials. Yep. Right. For example, CFE is 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 one of the big ones. Certified fraud examiner, security people might become a CPP. You have computer credentials. One of the things that FOI is doing is we have a new credential. That that's going to be applied specifically to to hands-on uh, practical training for private investigators, DNA forensic psychology, computer-aided investigation, TSCM, all of the things that investigators genuinely need to know. The credential is going to be called BCIP, Board Certified Investigative Professional, because mm. we are investigative professionals. Um, <laughs> We're going to have to have a whole new card just to list the designations. <laughs> well, you, 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 right, right, <laughs> a separate business card just for the right. little letters after your name. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, I used to I used to laugh at that. Um, I went for twenty five years without getting a single credential, and I did pretty darn well. And and you don't know what you don't know. Uh, every single one of those credentials that I've obtained has has given me an extra leg up on the profession. Yeah, uh, I totally it, it's 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 remarkable the 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 pool of knowledge, the wealth of knowledge that's out there um, that private investigators are now availing themselves of. A, when you look at a private investigator, most people see Rockford 
or Magnum. Exactly. The truth. The truth is, what they're really looking at is 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 somebody on the level of a of a a highly trained surgeon. And you know, I mean, if you just go to the the typical questions you're asked when people find out you're a private investigator, do you follow cheating spouses and do you carry a gun? <laughs> right? Isn't that always the question? That's 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 a yes. That is absolutely fifty percent of the time the question. Yeah. And and so, you know, a couple of times I don't like to talk to people on airplanes. I fly a lot. <laughs> I, I I fall asleep. I sleep like a baby. I type. I type my articles. I mean, it's I'm in a little bubble. My phone doesn't work. I have no email. Nobody can bother me. I, I actually like to fly. Uh-huh. I don't like the the TSA part of it, but I like to fly. Right. Right. And yeah. uh, and occasionally, though, when I've talked to people who say, "What do you do?" If I'm going overseas on a job, I say, I'm a project manager. You know, I don't tell them what I do because maybe it's an approach. But if I'm on a domestic flight, I'm not really doing anything, and they ask me, I tell them, I'm a private investigator. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. Half the time they say, like what, <laughs> following, following husbands? And I give them a little sense of what I do. And, and, and I got I to gotta digress here for a second. That's one of the things that I'm trying so hard to do with the show, with nowhere to hide. Mm-hmm. You know, private investigators are a critical component of the justice system. Absolutely. It makes me nuts when I see these law shows on TV where the, the attorney gets a $10 million judgment for the poor injured woman and they hug and they kiss and they dance around and they end the show. First of all, who served the bad guy who found the bad guy to serve him mm-hmm. who backgrounded the bad guy who found all the witnesses that this supposedly brilliant attorney put in front of the jury and put in front of the judge and then after you get the judgment who goes out and finds the guy money it's astounding Steve. how many people think you get a court judgment and the money magically appears in your bank account steve that is exactly why i launched this show over five years ago Exactly well, the and, reason. And, and, and don't think that, that, that a thousand PIs don't appreciate it. We really do, because there's such ignorance about how critical the investigative profession is to yeah. the justice system. Yeah. You know, I, I've done this year alone seven or eight cases of runaway teenagers. Mm-hmm. A parent goes to the police and says, my daughter's 15, 16, 17, in one case, 14. Um, and ran away. The police say, okay, we'll take a report. Well, when are you going to start looking for her? Uh, never. We don't yeah. do that. Right. Does she have a mental illness? Is she in danger? Is she known to be with a pedophile or a much older man? You right. know, if none of the dangerous criteria are met, none of the criteria for danger are met, they're not going to look for her. Right. That's right. Only a private investigator will recover that that, that boy or girl before something happens to him. Only a private investigator will go out and find a witness. Only a private investigator is going to get the evidence to get an innocent person out of jail. There are, I, I mean, we would need an entire show with no commercials mm-hmm. to list all of the unique things, the critical unique things that private investigators do in the criminal and civil justice system, and, and in general, 
that that are irreplaceable. Absolutely right. You're one hundred percent on the mark. You know, Steve, I I'm just thinking. Um, don't want to leave our guests questioning what dorking is. Let's not forget to t- to talk about dorking. Did we forget dorking? We for, we forgot okay, dorking. We yeah. Doxing, discussed swatting. Dorking is <laughs> dorking is exactly what the name implies. It is information that has been put on the internet or or put in a connected computer system unknowingly uh, in a stupid manner. In other words, by someone who these malicious hackers consider a dork. It's dorking. Hmm. And, and I demonstrate this when I speak to law enforcement and when I speak to federal agencies by just going to a Google search bar live and typing in, quote, for law enforcement use only, end quote, and then site colon, and I list, I mean, I'm going to make one up now because I'm not going to reveal who my clients are, but LAPD.com. I guarantee you if somebody listening to your show types confidential and directs it to site colon, whatever their local police department is, they're going to pull up a whole bunch of stuff that shouldn't be there. I did it for a federal agency one time when I was teaching digital officer safety to them, and it pulled up 11 sealed warrants. Oh, my goodness. In PDF format. And, and they went berserk. Um, you know, there's, there's just stuff on the Internet that shouldn't be there. And, and, you know, slightly off topic, but still important. I tell all of the people in my classes to, to internalize a couple of things, you know, write it on your hand, so to speak. And one is, once you put something on the net, once you put something on a connected computer, it is out of your control forever. Right. Forever. Exactly. It's going to go unnamed, unknown places. It's going to be seen by unknown, unexpected people. It's going to be copied. It's going to be amalgamated. It's going to be distributed. And you can never get it back. You yep. put a picture of you drunk in Cancun on the internet, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll yeah. be on Reddit by noon. Yeah. Yeah, um, you can't unring you, that you, bell. It's just impossible yes, to unring exactly that bell. that's exactly right. You can't unring that cyber bell. Absolutely right. And, and uh, this is something that a lot of bad guys are using to their benefit. And the truth mm-hmm. is, there's stuff that people knowingly put on the internet and then forget about. When I, do, when I do background investigations, I always check MySpace. Uh-huh. When I say that at a, at, a, at a lecture, people go, MySpace? Is that still around? <laughs> yes, it's still around. All the old websites are there. And everybody who put up those horrible, revealing MySpace websites when they were in college or high school has forgotten about them. Yeah. I mean, that's yep. just one example. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really true. And it could come back to haunt you at the worst possible times. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, I tell people, I tell people, forget it. I'm never running for senator. I'd be screwed in a week. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not running for office either. (laughs) It's, 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 to me, it's an astounding 
change in the way the world works, and especially for investigators. And I will, I will say one thing to your audience, or one other thing, <laughs> to, your, to your audience who are not private investigators. Um, the worst thing, potential clients, that you can do when you speak to a private investigator is to say something along the lines of, oh, come on. You can look it up in a database for 20 bucks. Right. That is, that is remarkably untrue. Yeah. If you, if you rely only on databases, if you rely only on the Internet, you will subject some critical part of your life to the garbage in, garbage out principle. Mm-hmm. You know, private investigators, even skilled private investigators, have been have gotten their pants suit off. They've lost their licenses because they have issued a report without actually going to the courthouse and checking the document, or knocking on the door and checking the witness statement. Well, not only you know, that, Steve, but these uh, <clears throat> these information for sale websites that are on the internet now have oh, now yeah. captured your personal information. Well, that's right. Given a, your that's credit card and your personal information. Well, that's oh, right. And goodness. a lot of and a lot of it is illegal. One of the major differences between private investigators and everyone else is that we have a license to protect. We have a reputation to protect. Exactly. If we issue an, an 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 investigative report to you, that's that's something that you can use anywhere that you want because we stand behind it. You know right. it's legit. You know yeah. it's kosher. You know what, Steve? We are at the end of our hour. I could talk wow. to you forever. Yes. Uh, you bring so much to the profession. Thank you so much for joining the you show. Know, There's I, so I, enjoy, I enjoy doing your show so much. I can't believe how quickly this time went. I know. It is. And we have to go. I, I wish I could talk to you for hours more. But so... To my listeners, tune in again next week as we declassify more real stories from real investigators like Steve Rombaum. It's PIs Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to PIs Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.